Welcome, everybody, to a special edition of the Listen In Podcast. We are doing a standalone Thrones Thoughts episode where we are discussing the season finale of Game of Thrones, as well as probably the, the season in general and what we thought, what we think is going to happen. We have our resident Game of Thrones expert here, Josh Gregoire, joining us on the show, making his second appearance. Recurring Welcome, guest. Josh. Recurring, Recurring guest. guest. Absolutely. Big friend of the pod. Yep. I'm glad to be the maester in service to House mm. Pod here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, we're glad to have you. Big, big friend of the pod. So I'm trying to think of where the best place to jump in is, and I think I know. It's got to be this Arya Sansa thing, right? That happens. Yeah. Because we were talking about yeah. this. We saw this on Twitter. So evidently, I haven't watched that yet. Is that the thing Logan? No, there's, big, no, big no, there's no scene. Oh, 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 yeah. Nothing to watch. So basically, the whole thing is there was a scene they were going to film that would have explained a lot of the Arya Sansa tension that we were seeing that was evidently just a show for Littlefinger, even though they were like in private and right. at each other's throats. There was a scene they were going to film that would have explained a lot of it, which was Sansa going to Bran and basically saying, I need your help. And it was going to be like this short scene that would have basically shown that, oh, okay, so the Starks have been... They're not idiots. Yeah. What did you think of how they handled the whole Stark thing? And I, I think that scene would have helped. Yeah, that would have made it a little more cohesive, at least. Would have, wouldn't have been like out of left field. Maybe they were just trying to like shock people to think Littlefinger was safe. Yes, I, I think, think they were. The whole point of that was we don't really care about good writing or great storytelling here. We want a shocking twist to put in the finale to really yeah. get people because Littlefinger you could argue, was the most meaningful death of the season. And I think they... Or, or the biggest death of the season. You could argue of the show. That's true. That's it's, That's been leading up since episode one, season one. So, I mean, Littlefinger is kind of the reason Game of Thrones is happening right. in the first place. That's very true. John Aaron doesn't die. Right. Uh, Robert Baratheon doesn't go north to make Ned his hand. Right. And then everybody's fine. Yep. Nope. John Aaron dying is the reason this is all happening, and that's he, he that's a him. great point. And I think people forget actually how much shit Littlefinger has stirred up this whole time. <laughs> yeah, like he not only did that, but he tricked the Starks into thinking that the Lannisters were you know the reason for Bran's attempted assassination after yep. he'd been pushed out the window. Um, tricked Catelyn into capturing Tyrion. So he was he had his hands in this from the beginning. So I, I don't want to go too far on this because it's it would be a, another rabbit hole, but I have been rewatching season one with, with Mary Kate mm, and Big Friend of the Pod. Big, big friend of the pod, big supporter. And the we just got to the episode where at the end Littlefinger has a dagger to Ned's throat and he's yeah. like, I told you not to trust me. Dude, honestly I do I do love Ned. I stand by that. It's taken me watching all of Thrones to realize just how stupid his actions were. Because he basically goes right... he Not basically, he does go right up to Cersei and tells her everything he yeah. knows. Gives up all his points of leverage. Yeah. Ned Stark, when he got to King's Landing, just Varys... Little finger, they must have just been dancing in the street. Oh my god, and we yeah. got this gullible, this, gullible idiot. This northern simpleton. <laughs> this notoriously honor, honorable to a fault... Abe Lincoln of Westeros cannot tell a lie. Was that George Washington? Whatever. Might Doesn't as well be. Matter. And one of those pre- that's the a, President's Day guys. That's a great segue, Josh, because we see Jon Snow doing the exact same stupid thing that Ned would have done when Cersei is just saying, "Don't give your allegiance, and I'll join you and help you defeat the White Walkers." And I he goes, "Do that? No, I, I mean, made an oath." To, like, be, really? to be fair, Cersei wasn't going to help them anyway. That's fine. That's fair. Right. Yeah, true. True. If anything... Ah, this, is, it, is that for sure? I, I think so. Because afterwards, she was like, well, what are we going to do? Go help them? Or did just let them, like, get killed? Yeah. That was, like, what she said to Jamie. She's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm getting our armies ready. She's like, we're not going north. <laughs> yeah. I think that was going to happen no matter what. Now it's just like, if anything... I mean, I mean yes, John probably should have kept that quiet. But in a yes. way, it's like... In a way, it's like Cersei was just going to backstab him anyway and not help them. Now he, she, he kind of got her to admit that she wasn't going to help them. That's true, but I don't know that that was like part of his game, though. I, I don't no, think... oh no, Jon Snow doesn't play any games. No, what no. you see is what you get. With Jon yeah, WYSIWYG. Jon Snow is not the <laughs> smartest. It doesn't oh. seem he knows he knows nothing. We have been told that 
Paul Schoen. <laughs> that's 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 a fair point. I dude, I was like, I audibly yelled "fuck you" to John Snow when he did that. <laughs> I won't. I made an oath. I was like, dude, no, come on. I cannot. Dude. I cannot serve two queens. In, yes, you can. You in, could. In private, you can serve one. In, just in public, right. serve right. two for now. Uh, speaking of in private serving his queen. Yes. Um, Good segue. His private why, queen. Why is Danny so taken with him? Because he acts like a fucking idiot. He messes up their entire plan. Well, he's he's like this great warrior who's he's like, like super five handsome. foot four at best. Like, yeah, but she can't be more than five feet tall. I guess, but like, I, so Josh, I know you're not. You don't think this way. I think that entire relationship was kind of rushed in terms of how it was built up. And it just didn't seem natural for them to go from, like, we just met and we're kind of at odds with each other to we're giving each other googly eyes across the dragon pit and now we're on this ship together. And Jon Snow's ass is... Yeah. Is yeah. So it just, seemed, right there. it just seemed like it happened kind of quickly. And I think that could be a criticism of the season, yeah, the whole season. at large where yeah. just everything felt like it happened too quickly yeah. and wasn't developed well. I think they could have... So I, I will go on record saying, not the finale. The episode before it was the worst Game of Thrones episode ever. I, okay. Yep. And I think they could have cut out that entire episode and just devoted more time to like other shit to tell more of a story. Yeah. Because, Instead of the Magnificent Seven goes north of the Wall. <laughs> right. Because you know what's really funny about that is everyone who criticized that whole stupid plan about going north, the plan didn't work. It didn't, it didn't work. Either way, and the thing is, is like, Jamie, I think, would have believed the threat, because he's reasonable. He's cl- they Clearly, Cersei is, like, touched, as they'd say. She's crazy mm. at this point, and she just won't see reason, and the whole plot didn't work at all. I agree with you. I think they should have just done away with that They should have just got part rid of it, yeah. The way, it was all just, literally, it was just a device to get a dragon to the Night King. Uh, yeah. That's literally all the whole reason they had that in the show. So I think this is actually a major plot hole. So at the end of this last episode uh, of the season finale, you had the Night King bringing down the wall with the dragon and the army of the dead walking through. If the dragon had never gotten into the Night King's possession, how would they have gotten by the wall? If you'll indulge me a little fan fiction. We, to yes, your, sure. To answer your query here. Yeah. I think the way this season should have ended is instead of them going north of the wall and Viserion getting killed like out of nowhere basically with an awesome javelin throw. Mm. Yeah, it was like a surface to air missile. (laughs) It was like a Patriot missile. I think what they should have done is the last episode should have been the combined forces of the living going up and going north of the wall and like bringing the fight to them Mm. and they just slaughter them. Like the living just are destroying the dead and the White Walkers, and then the Night King is like missing, and they're like, "He should. Why isn't he leading his army?" Mm-hmm. And then that's when you see him like not off screen, but it can do like the same shot right. where he takes the spear, yeah, and then picks out Viserion, yeah, and hits him, and that way you can show that like they can win. But now it's like they can kill a dragon. And, like, you guys were stupid for going north and yep. taking yep. the fight to them anyway. You could have showed that in such a more, like, made them more of a threat than they yes. already were. Because everybody, the whole show that I've seen them, is, I've seen them. Right. They're, they're coming <laughs> to the army of the dead. Let the living see the army of the dead. And then, like, when they're winning, they're like, this isn't as bad as we thought it would be. And right. then just Night King snipes right. Viserion and right. takes him. Really quick, you know what? I, I you got to respect, um, you know, game respects game with the Night King. Uh, I like that he's he's out there. He's like Brett Favre. He's, <laughs> he's, he's a gunslinger. He's a gunslinger because he had a throw in the flat. He went for the home run. He, did. he had like an Edelman Welker type receiver wide open just standing there for a quick move of the chains. He went for a fucking touchdown, dude. He went for six and he fucking got it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he really did. But that still doesn't answer the question. If he, oh no, that does not answer any questions. <laughs> what I just said. If he never got the dragon, would they have been able to get through the wall? Was everything pointless? Like, was yeah. the worry about the 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 Night King and the Army of the Dead misplaced because they just can't get by the wall? 
Because doesn't the wall have like this mystical protection it's that like a, prevents them from coming it's like by? A weird, like magical ward. I think I, I don't honestly don't remember. Nope. The like specifics of it, but it's something like that. Like, but it's, it's like wards. It there. seems like because they went north and because he got the dragon, that was actually the only reason why they're a threat to begin with. Now. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, aren't isn't it unknown how the wall was built? Brand the builder. Has, oh, so it is known. Yeah. I thought for some reason. It's like legend. After the War for the Dawn, they built it so they could never like come south again. Yeah. What do you guys make of the scene with Cersei and Jamie in the mountain where Jamie is talking with Cersei, I think finally fully realizing how far gone she is and that she won't listen to any reason. And she, in my opinion, I thought signaled to the mountain to kill Jamie. I thought that's what she did. And then he just says, "I don't believe you," and, and walks away. What like what happened there? I, I I think what the show was trying to do was just like she gave the the signal to like get ready, and then when he was walking away, she never actually gave the order to do it. I think that's what they were implying, but it was a little ambiguous. I mean, I don't like having to assume on this show because it's been so good at you don't have to really guess about things that are happening. I thought it was because you can tell that she orders him around and he's he's intelligent enough to understand nuance because she was like, if this goes bad, kill the silver haired bitch first right. and then my brother and then whatever right. she said. So maybe she was like, all right, when I give you the order to kill him, just pull it, just be menacing about it. Yeah. Just don't actually do it. Right. Just, and then, like, see what hopefully he, does. he doesn't call her bluff. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. So, Cersei, I think, is actually was the winner of this episode and maybe the season because I think not only is Lena Headey maybe bringing the best performance oh, other than yeah. Peter not Dinklage. Even, not even close. I think, I think Nick, uh, Nikolai Kostov. He's up there, too. I think, I think the Lannisters in general have been yeah. the most compelling part of this show, especially in that finale. That the, dude, really quick, um, and I, is it Nikolaj? Is that we ask this it? every week. We do. I don't know. Nikolai. Is I'm pretty Nikolai? sure it's just Nikolai. It has a J, and I never know. But he's like it. Danish, though. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So Nikolai... That dude is such a good, like, facial actor. Yeah, yeah. His, his responses to things without verbal acting, like, where he'll just, like, react to something, is great. He's, it he's is really, really good. good at that. No, you're right. Whereas and, you got, and again, this is, I, not, I don't want to offend, but I think where you got Kit Harrington and Amelia Clark basically stone-faced <laughs> right. most of the time. Except the Jorah scene. When she saw Jorah again, she yeah. seemed pumped. I thought... Amelia Clark nailed it this season. That's where I think she's better have... than Kit Harrington. Oh, she is better oh, than yeah, Kit Harrington. Kit Harrington's not, think, not a very good um, actor. I, I don't know. I, th- I hope it's not just like his direction is like, you are Jon Snow. Jon Snow is this very serious, humorless person. And like, he could be a good actor. Yeah. But like, he just has to play Jon Snow. I've seen them. But, anyways, getting back to the Lannisters, I think they've been the most compelling part of this season. The Cersei scenes with Jaime and Tyrion were the most compelling part. It reminded me of season one and two when they would be kind of verbally sparring uh, in the the uh, the like the meetings they'd have, like the Hand of the King meetings oh, yeah, or totally whatever. Agree. The small the small council meetings. Um, that was great stuff. I think Cersei is playing the long game here. She's lying about this pregnancy, right? I really think she is. I think this is a long con by her because she was really playing it up when she was talking to Tyrion. She was trying to sell Tyrion on her motives, which were more family based. Mm-hmm. Where and, and then she was like, she made it very clear that she's pregnant, but not clear enough where Tyrion's like, oh, I got, I found, I figured you out. I got to the bottom of your motives. She is running circles around people. And, and maybe even Tyrion, like, do you think that she has all these other motives and she's doing that to fool him and then he thinks he's got her? Yeah, yes, and yeah. Here's the thing. I want to talk a little bit about what they've done to Tyrion this season because I don't like mm. it. Because Tyrion is a top three character for me, if not my favorite. I usually say it's Tyrion, Arya, and actually Davos for some reason. I just fucking love that guy. Um... Something about the way they've handled Tyrion this season has been very upsetting to me, where basically everything he's done, he's fucked up royally, Mm -hmm. or misread, or totally miscalculated to a horrendous degree. What what do you guys make of that? Because it's it's um, been kind of upsetting for me. I saw something on Reddit, and I actually agreed with this. It was somebody who, their sentiment was the same as yours. Like, Westeros, he fucked up in Marine a few times, but like, whatever. Like... 
Westeros is where he was supposed to shine. Yeah. And, like, be his best and come alive as, like, an advisor. And he's just totally fucked. He's made the wrong decision almost every time. What if he's just not all he's cracked up to be as an advisor, but, though? I'd be disappointed. I would be personally disappointed. But the show has shown us that he's capable of being this really good advisor. He won the Battle of the Blackwater just through thinking about things beforehand. Right. In this whole season, he hasn't. He's just made the wrong decision at every turn. And if that's the case, what has the point been of building his character for this entire time to be, first of all, one of everyone's favorites, and also clearly smart enough to play the game? At all, yeah, every turn. that's a good question because, you know, the the last shot we saw of him this season was him looking longingly slash like jealously at the door that John and Danny were behind. And I don't know if that's a look of, ooh, this could be a problem in terms of strategy and people thinking clearly and not thinking with emotion. Oh, that's a fair or point. Or is this him being like, oh, I'm like jealous and... I'm sort of in love with Danny in the way that every person who comes into contact with her ends up in love with her in some way. Not, I, not maybe I want to be with her, yeah. but like, oh, like someone's taking her attention away from me, maybe. I, I think it could possibly be a bit of both, where Tyrion is a very, his character is very pragmatic now, where he's like, this is just another wrinkle I can't handle in this mm, play. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't expect. Jon Snow to come in and now probably be Daenerys' most trusted ad- advisor now that we're going north too. Well, because she look, might defer to him on a lot of, back a lot at, of things. They, back at Dragonstone, Jon was like, I would recommend we go to the north together on the ship. And she's like, I agree. We're going to do that. Poor, Mostly because they just want to spend time poor, with each other. Poor Jorah. His face was like, Jorah was no, like, God no, damn please, it. I just, please, no. I just got over. The grayscale, and I come back to this shit. How old is Jorah supposed to be? Like a billion years old. I can look it up. I think he's like 40-something. Because he... In the book, don't they say he's like very ugly? He's like... Daenerys' chapter, she talked about like... When he said something that was reassuring to her. It just... One... It's its own like little paragraph. It says... Something about Ser Jorah. He was not a handsome man. <laughs> right. And which he's pretty handsome in the show, actually. Which is funny, because he, like, a lot of people really like yeah. Ian Glenn, yeah. the dude who plays him. Um, yeah, the Tyrion thing is upsetting, and I think that's a fair point that maybe he's like, this is a little bit of a monkey wrench in what's mm. going on. And uh, Because, you know, they have shown that he's lost some favor with her throughout the season. Kind of a lot, because... Yeah. He has routinely messed up, and she hasn't let him get away with it. And are, 46, are, when, 46. The show, okay, when the show that, starts. He's okay. 46. Also, are they sort of setting Tyrion up to betray Danny in some way? Because there's the talk about you're destroying the Lannister family. You're the reason why you know our name and our house is going to be wiped from the face of the earth. He's saying, no, I'm not doing that. How much of that do you think is him... Just doing that verbal sparring and trying to get the best of Cersei and, and convince her to do what he wants. How much of that do you think is foreshadowing and potentially down the road, maybe a Tyrion and Varys betray Danny in some way? I'll say one thing and then let Josh have the floor. I feel like I could see an argument for the Tyrion betraying Danny eventually theory, which I wouldn't love, but I because they've shown him having trepidation about the way she's acting, right, and about honestly killing people he grew up around for the whole season. In the loot train episode, we very saw, poorly named. Yeah, we saw him <laughs> clearly very upset at seeing Lannister Bannerman. Exactly, like, that, this has death. been sprinkled throughout he, the season. He was clearly upset um, about um, Randall Tarly and Dickon mm-hmm. Tarly getting burned alive. Terribly named, Dickon. <laughs> um, so that's my thought. I, I think you kind of nailed it. I think it's... He... Especially from... Even he's on the side of the Dothraki. Like, it's kind of hard to watch them, like, just decimate mm. Lannister guys. Like, he's always going to be a Lannister no matter what. Even, like, Tywin told mm-hmm. him that. Mm-hmm. He's like, I should have cast you into the... I think he said something like... Uh, you know why I didn't like take you when you were a baby and like throw you into the sea? It's because you're a Lannister. Like, I think Tywin has this effect on everybody he comes around and interacts with, and I think that's especially true for his kids because they all talk about how much they love and respect him. Even Tyrion does, and yep. he's like, 
he hated me and I still like learned from him. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, and Cersei has referenced that multiple times. She's like, I, I'm doing what father would have done, etc. This show lost some juice when Tywin Lannister died. That dude he was electric. Was Awesome. He wasn't one of my favorite characters, but I counted him in the top three characters in the show. Oh, yeah. He he was just such an awesome, awesome character. I recently, like I said, we're rewatching season one, and we saw his when he first, first scene, gets introduced. Yeah. And he's fucking skinning that deer. He's slaughtering a, a stag. It's yeah. like not a. It's very like on the nose. Kind, yeah. Of, yeah. kind of subtle, but if you're like really paying attention, like not at right. all subtle. <laughs> right. Because it's like, wouldn't you just have, like, you're a high lord? Wouldn't you have some dude to do this for you? You know what it actually reminds me of, and I feel like they couldn't help but be channeling this is is Daniel Day-Lewis in Gangs of New York when he could build a butcher and there's a lot of scenes where he is chopping meat or like gutting a pig or something where he's giving these monologues and it's the same kind of foreboding like menacing evil kind of guy where he's doing this trade that's very like gritty and he's just going about it in this methodical way I think it speaks to both of their characters really well and it's a testament to both of their acting abilities. Because Absolutely. To, first of all, I think sometimes the actors they get for the show are so good at what they do, you forget how hard what they're asked to do actually is. And the the, the scene, the direction is you're not facing the person you're interacting with. Because he's not looking at Jamie. Yeah, he's just again, looking straight down. Again, look, going back to the season one thing, you're going to be skinning a deer. You have to do a realistic enough job of that while delivering your lines perfectly. And he does. The, the, that I think that is one thing where like a lot of the acting performances in this show are, are awesome. I mean, there's some where I I, I pick nits. Let's let's do uh, something the ringer would do. Who won the season for I was, you guys? I was literally going to ask. Yeah, that who won the season, Josh? Um, who won the season? Uh, off the top of my head, uh, the Night King. The Night King, yeah. Yeah, he he pretty much did. The heart, he pretty much the did. The heart and soul of me wanted to say Daenerys, but the it's, Night King just has objectively yeah. won. Yeah, Jake. A character with no lines has won the season. Very telling of this season. It, it might not be exciting for me to agree, but I think I do. I mean, I think it is the Night King, because you could say Cersei... But what does she really have? I think, because honestly, like, she kind of won this last episode, if you want to say that. But in, a, in another sense, she really still doesn't have much of anything. She, her armies are decimated. Mm-hmm. and She's like, got the Golden Company. She's yeah. got Euron's fleet. Yeah. I, I don't know how much I believe her. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say, though, Euron did not do an effective job convincing anyone he was actually scared. Fuck that guy. He sucks. I the, When he was like, I'm going back to the Iron Islands, I was like, yes, thank you. Get out of this show for the rest of the runtime. We don't want you. You're going to get your comeuppance in like a quick montage, hopefully towards the end of season eight. But no, apparently he's an integral part of the, the plot. Here, so I, I, I think I agree it's the Night King or... And this might loop into a theory I'd like to talk about after. Maybe Viserion actually won the season because now he's on the winning team. If, in fact, they win. He kind of switched sides and now yeah. he's going to, instead of losing... There you go. I, will, I, will, I guess that means they'll all be on the winning team. Embrace, yeah. embrace debate. I'll say Jon Snow was probably the winner of this season, too. Uh, he, he was just we revealed, a, confirmed that he is the rightful heir to the he throne. Got, that's true. He got... Everything he wanted. It started out so simple. He just wanted some dragon glass from the yeah. house. And then he ended up getting like her support. Got her he's dragon probably glass. Gonna, he's her dragon ass, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he got not, he came to Dragonstone to just get dragon glass. He's leaving with like an army and a fuck buddy. That's that's a good get. potential wife. Potential wife. Potential aunt wife. Aunt wife. That's aunt wife. Yeah, for Targaryens though, that's like you might as well be strangers. Seriously. I'm going with uh, the Lannisters in general won the season for not necessarily the, re- the, the reason of they're going to come out on top, but the reason that they were the most compelling. That okay, they, so from that perspective, sure. I think they put in the best performances. So the actors. When, really. they, were, when they were on, on screen, I was most interested. I think when you think back to this season, the best moments are going to be the ones that were involved with the Lannisters. So here's a theory I wanted to... Big friend of the pod, as we already referenced, Mary-Kate brought this up to me. I think she read it somewhere. What if Bran warged into the Night King to get Viserion? Now, hear me out. Bran has seen everything and knows everything. Maybe what the whole point of the show is mankind is actually fucked. They're playing these politics. They're playing games. They're killing each other, blah, blah, blah. 
up north of the wall, the whites and, and the Night King aren't as bad. They see humankind as sort of a plight. Mm. And in fact, they're the good guys. George R. R. Martin does the ultimate plot twist wow. at the end. The good guys are actually north of the wall. We've been with the villains the whole time. I actually love this theory from just a, a really... Josh has a sickly look. I, I, I like it from a, a really like negative viewpoint. There's no chance no. that is real because we've spent too much time with these characters to allow that to happen. They would never do it. No offense, Mary-Kate. I know you're listening. Uh, I hate that. That's like <laughs> that's like the laziest, like dumbest, tropiest writing. Oh, we were the monsters the whole time. It's like Michael Scott. Like, you never know. You never would guess that you were the murderer. No, I think the laziest would be if it was all a dream. If that it was all man waking up from his coma and it was all just a dream. Um, but I, I agree. I, I wouldn't really like it. So I, I think that brings up a, a more interesting discussion about the White Walkers, though, and the Night King, and why I, I still don't give a shit about the Night King. And the reason they have not humanized him in any way or made him I don't a think, compelling or complex villain. What what actually are his motives? I think that's by design, though. I think he's supposed to remain as mysterious and like as vaguely evil as possible. But that doesn't make for the most compelling. TV, I, don't I think. The way I looked at him, I was like, this is just your quintessential, like, Dungeons and Dragons, like, end bad guy. Right. Like, true, true. The most chaotic evil, literally just out to destroy. But I, I think it's like, it sucks because it's like, I could have come up with the Night King. Right. For, like, if I wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons. And right. I, there's just, like, an Iceman who, <laughs> who rides an Ice Dragon. It can bring the dead back to it's life. It's level 50. You guys are level 30. <laughs> that's, that's just, like, I, uh, I think the White Walkers are a good, like, way to finish it. I, I think it's, it would be too much left unknown after they win or lose. Sure, like, yeah. Here's, what that, happens to the people after? Because there's only one season left. Right. I don't know how long it's going to be. It's going to be like Band of Brothers, like hour long episode, like ten of them, or is going to do longer. I think they're going to do longer. Yeah. Okay, I guess. And the reason for that that I've heard is that they only have to pay the actors by the episode, so doesn't matter how (laughs) doesn't matter how long the episodes are, and they get more budget to spend on ice dragons and night kings and. Who's a what's it's in in what you call it? <laughs> Another Michael Scott name, yeah. uh, reference there. I, I, they have to do at least beanie babies. <laughs> I mean, I think, and you will make not a to get hundred grand. Not to get to too far ahead and say like this is how it's going to end, but I think it's going to end. I don't know who's going to be alive or what the like the way it ends is. I think it's going to end with humanity winning, but there's like not many of them left, or like a lot of the great houses are gone, and. Uh, I don't mean, I'll leave it at that, but they're going to have to do one episode where they wrap up what happens after after they they won. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of great houses, let's do a lightning round. Who has the best house? um, Sigil? Not sigil, but like saying. Oh, saying? I don't know Mm. if I know them. So there's Winter is Coming for the Starks. There's, uh, it's not actually a Lannister always pays their debts. uh, Hear hear me roll. Yeah. Lame. Mm. I don't. I can't say I like that at all. No, that's maybe the worst. What's the Targaryen one? Fire, Fire and blood. blood. That one's cool. Uh, Unbound, unbent, unbroken. Who's that one? That's the Martells. Yep. That might be my favorite. That one's really I cool. Kinda, I think I'm gonna put my. Hand I on really that like ours is the Fury for. That's uh, an awesome one. for Who's the the Baratheons. I might be I changing I really teams. like that one. Yeah. I like the Baratheons just in general. I do too. Uh, I do too. Well, I do, Except like, for Stannis burning his daughter alive, we'll sweep that under the rug. Well, no, I just in general didn't like Stannis on the show, which oh, okay. I know is a sore spot for Josh, right? Because isn't Stannis one of your favorite characters in the book? Yeah, I like Stannis in the book. Now that now that it's gone on though, it's like I, he's just been totally forgotten. Like, I like them as a character, but favorite favorite house word? What's the Martells? Unbound, unbound, unbound. Oh, or the the Tyrells, sorry. Uh, Something growing like, strong. Oh, that, that one's worst, lame, too. The worst oh. one. That um, one's lame. I've always liked We Do Not Sew. I thought that Who was is a, that? That's the Greyjoys. Oh, okay. Do the Tullys have a saying? Family duty honor. Uh, uh, also kind of boring. I always, I always liked the Aarons, though, which is uh, as high as honor. I've always really liked that one for some reason. That one's cool. I wouldn't call it my favorite. It's cool. 
I, I think I like ours is the fury the best. Ours is the fury. Fire and blood is cool too, though. So here's, I also wanted to talk about this. Uh, how did you guys feel, especially Josh, who I know has a lot invested, seeing Rhaegar on screen? Oh. I thought it was kind of cool. Oh, Jake, Rhaegar is my favorite character in Game of Thrones, like lore, history, like ever. He's such like a cool, compelling, a character. cool customer. And the whole, the whole show is based around, I think. Big friend of the pod, Kevin, said it, where George R. R. Martin wanted to write like a story from. It started out as like, what happens after the hero is dead. Mm. Mm. Interesting. I, I like interesting, that and I like Rhaegar as a character. Um, obviously, I don't have the context of the books. My first thought was, oh, you look just like the actor who played Viserys in the first season. Yeah, I think that was by design. I yeah, think Viserys is supposed to look like Rhaegar. Yeah, that Rhaegar, makes sense. I think, had a stronger jaw, it looked like. Yeah, Viserys was a little P-boy. He was... He was dude, he, well, was, he was a P-boy. He was yeah. also clueless. Yeah. It's so funny looking back at season one and seeing how little power he has yeah. and how much power he thinks he deserves. <laughs> right. He had power a over... Throne for a king. <laughs> he had, like, power over Daenerys for, like, four episodes. <laughs> right. And then that was it. And then she spoke out to him once and he was dead. <laughs> And then he sees she marries this horse lord who <laughs> right. kills him by melting his skull with hot metal. Um, um, what about thought thoughts for next season? Yeah, that's where I was going to go. Okay. Next. Predictions. Yeah, predictions. The, they got to go meet the army of the dead in the north, right? I think I think everyone to, has yeah. to d- diverge on the north, right? To to help out. Diverge or converge? Converge. Converge. I think this is just this isn't what I think is going to happen. I think it would be cool if this happened. It's like everybody in Westeros is like, we have to go fight these people and or the the White Walkers and the Army of the Dead. Most of them die, and all that's left is like Cersei, Daenerys, and John, and like Tyrion. I don't know because Cersei seems like she's not getting involved whatsoever. Right. Ah, but Daenerys's vision where she saw. The Red Keep with like a big hole and it's snowing in there. Yeah, true. I don't know. I mean, true. I would love if just like it became a democracy after everybody dies. So Tyrion talking to Danny about like what's your line of succession? Yeah, yeah he's that's... starting to like hint at that. But then John being like, "Ooh, you might get pregnant." Blah, 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 well, blah, think... makes it seem like it's <laughs> it's not that. But but. Having your kids just take over after would not be breaking the wheel, so to speak. So I actually thought that was kind of a funny line when when she was, he was like, she's like, I can't have uh, a baby, and he's like, Who told you that? She's like, The witch who killed my my husband. He's like, uh, Did it ever occur to you that he might not have been a reliable source of information? That was that was funny. The witch who yeah. killed my. <laughs> I think it was true that she can't have any more kids. But only death can pay for life. Viserion mm. died, for all intents and purposes. I think Viserion's death will pay for Jon Snow and Daenerys's technically bastard child. They're not married. I'm trying True. to imagine, in thinking of predictions, because I think the stuff at the wall and in the north, Oops. that's alright, is bound to happen. It's interesting to think that it mu- there could be battles at Winterfell and stuff, mm. because now they're south of the wall, the walkers. I'm trying to figure out what is the end game for Cersei's plot. Like, what is she going to end up doing? Because it, it wouldn't be a season of TV to have her just cooped up. Like, she's going to end up somehow right. in that situation. I don't know what she's going to end up doing. H- how will either Jamie or Tyrion win her back to the... So I will think, they maybe kill her? I think Jamie kills her. I think he strangles her. And two reasons for that. One... The they, there's actually three. One is the prophecy. Two is that shot of him and his hand that they lingered on a little when he was on his horse at the oh, very end. And he put hands. the glove on mm-hmm. after he had just left Cersei. The third one, I saw this. It was a screenshot on Reddit or something. But you remember when Cersei is getting the map painted on her floor or whatever? Yes. Yeah. She is standing at the neck of Westeros. Right. Jamie's standing at the fingers. Ooh. And I th- that people were saying that's that. a little foreshadowing there. So I think he is bound to end up killing her in some way. How that happens, how they get there, I don't know. I definitely think he's going to kill her, but I, he's off with this army, supposedly. Right. How is he even taking that? And like, does Cersei realize like they're not? 
like wh- how is what is happening between them right now? Because he's walking out. Is he taking the army? Is it still hers? I don't know. I can't tell. I think the fact that he took off his Lannister armor would suggest it no. Like he did. He, I mean, he did. I mean, Cersei could just say, never mind. But he did, like, give these guys in Lannister armor, like, an order to go. He's like, we go here. He had, like, this really big plan on how to get up there. Maybe they're just, like, already following it and, like, yeah. already following through with it. Yeah. And Cersei just has the Golden Company. Could Could be. Here's a, be. Qu- a quick thought, a prediction that I think needs to come true. Maybe we get to see the mountain do something at all, <laughs> ever. I think they still they still have to have, I think, Sandor Clegane. I think the Hound still has to fight him eventually. What did he mean when he said, you know who's coming for you, brother? He You've always I think, known. I think he meant th- himself. Okay, yeah. okay. I, I think, I hope, I hope that's what he meant. I, at first I was like, is he talking about Arya? Because isn't uh, the mountain on his list? Or her Arya list? is on the list, but or he is on Arya's list. But, but it seems like so. So, that, so is the Hound. That's one of the things about this last season, and why it makes me so worried. It's only six episodes. There's so many things that they've been building up for years and years that basically need to happen. Yeah. How are they going to fit all this in? And is it going to be at the same breakneck speed that it was this season, where it's like, oh, well, we need. Arya to cross a couple more names off her list. We need the Mountain and the Hound to fight. We need Brienne and what's-his-name to get together. We need all these things to happen that we've been foreshadowing this entire time. On top of that, how are they going to stick it in between an all-encompassing right. battle against the dead? Right. Like, they, I feel like they have a lot of shit there. They, they, I, to they are rushing this. Um, and I think it really is affecting the quality. I think this is one of I the would, weakest seasons because of that. I speed. wouldn't mind honestly if the last season, let's say it's uh, let's say it's eight episodes. I honestly wouldn't mind if it's only going to be six. I think that is confirmed. Oh, really? Only six. I honestly wouldn't be upset if four of them were just the war against the dead, and the last two were just like wrapping wrap up. up. Yeah, yeah I, I'd, I'd be that okay would be with that, that would be fine. I'd be would, okay with that. I'd be more interested to see. Sure. What what happens once it's all done? Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of would be too. Because for me, the the human drama going on between the characters is always more interesting than the right. end game. I like you, Sean. Like you mentioned, I don't find the Night King or the White Walkers all that compelling. They've always been this threat. But the reason I love Thrones is not because they're there or because this battle's going to happen. No, it's I'll always s- been because of the characters. Right. I'll play devil's advocate. Is okay. that the show has been? Building and it's been showing all these people, all these evil characters the whole time that you're designed to hate, and then all of a sudden the Night King comes out of nowhere. So you're kind of like the people on Westeros who are like, but they've been the whole enemy the whole right. time. Like, right? If that's you're, true. that's a great point. Let's say you're like pro, you're on Cersei's side. You're like, no, I'm not going to fight this potentially right. not as powerful as they're making it out to be. Person, I, Daenerys is the person I want right. to fight. If you're like Daenerys' side, you're like. We should just finish off Cersei first, like I have been right. since the beginning of the season. But That's why, as crazy as it was, the theory about the Whites actually ending up being, quote-unquote, the good guys is interesting to me on one level because it's like the show has continually... Like, look at Jamie, Look at what happened to Ned in season one. There's all these narratives where basically what they do is they take what you expect and they subvert it by flipping it on its head. And you end up liking people you thought you'd mm. hate people who you expect to survive end up dying. So I mean, there might... I, who knows? There could be, like, another big twist. It does feel like that is not really possible. I don't think they can at this point, yeah. though, just because of how much fucking time we have now spent with these characters. And that would hold true, maybe, if they continued to subvert normal storytelling. But the show has now just turned into a regular fantasy epic where the characters that you know and love who are the quote-unquote good guys just survive no matter what. And I think a great example was the Magnificent Seven going beyond the wall and John, you know, beating death multiple times when he shouldn't have. And all the randoms they brought along right. getting killed. Right, exactly. In hilarious the, fashion. The fodder, yeah, exactly. So, uh, wrapping up, any final thoughts on this episode, this season, the show in general? Where would you rank this season? Um, out of out of all of the seasons, it so far. is either the worst or it is maybe just above season five. I think it's probably the worst, though. Yeah, yeah, I think it has to be one of the lower points. Yeah, the highs on it were real. I thought they were really high, but I just personally, I just can't forgive. I yeah. can't forgive the Beyond the Wall episode. Yeah, 
It was terrible. There's no reason for it. And and the the pace of the storytelling just didn't feel like classic Thrones at all. It felt very it, not at it all. It felt weird. Where, where, what about you, Jake? Where do you think it ranks? I, oh, it's the bottom. It's yeah. It's at the bottom. And yeah. um, again, there, there, like you said, Josh, there were some highs. I thought the Loot Train episode was one of the best episodes of Thrones. Weirdly, even though it was in a kind of not that great season. Mm. I thought that was a really good episode, I and, so too. and I thought they hit on a lot of the stuff I like about the episode, the the show in general. Um, they they just went, I think, a little unsalvageable with that second to last episode because none of it has been believable since. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's still a decent season of TV on a show I'm I'm never gonna miss. So from that perspective, like it still entertained me a lot. Right. I still like some of the reveals, like the. Aegon Targaryen reveal, which we didn't even we kind of talked about, but we didn't even say the name. Right, like that was a pretty cool moment. Yeah, but it it felt like a repackaged, just slightly newer version of last year's reveal. Yeah, where they revealed that John was the quote unquote at that time bastard son of Rhaegar. Right, um, and now it's just like the reveal is oh he just wasn't a bastard. Right, for us that's not. I mean it, it's a big deal in Westeros as a viewer in the modern world. I feel like that's not the biggest deal. No, I'm like, it, oh, it's okay. it's also information that we already knew. It kind of reminds me of Westworld, how everyone predicted that twist at the end, where it's oh, like they're right. they're telling two separate stories. Spoiler alert! If you haven't I seen mean, Westworld, I I didn't pick up on that at all. I think it was just like Reddit ruined that. But uh, I, true, I, I yeah, I, I was banging that drum halfway through the season, where I'm like, oh, the Man in Black is just the older version yeah, of I what's I his name. I honestly didn't pick up on but, that. But um. I think it was similar to that, where it's like, well, the internet was two steps ahead of you on this anyways, and you're treating this like it's this big, big reveal now, so it kind of, it didn't feel as, as like it had that much weight to it. Um, I, I don't know, I think they need to figure out the pace of the storytelling for next season, and... But I don't know how they can. I, I don't know, I don't know if they can. They seem hell-bent on packing, like, three or four seasons of TV into two shortened seasons. So, I, I, th- I don't know. I think they're going... They have the problem of this season is where they figured out, like, oh, fuck. We're totally <laughs> on our own. <laughs> right. There's no right. other books coming out before this show yep. that's finished. Like, The Winds of Winter isn't out yet. No. A Dream of Spring is probably never going to come out. On, I mean, it probably won't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. He's probably not ever going to finish and release no. it. You'll be lucky but, to get Winds of Winter. Don't say that to me, Sean. You'll be lucky. <laughs> Please don't. You'll be lucky to get it. I think, I, I mean, I think a lot of people agree with you, but I just need to believe in something. Yeah. But I think they're like, it's tough. We are responsible for ending something that started in 1996. Yeah. And we, when we asked to adapt it into television, the guy who wrote it said, I don't think you'll be able to do that. <laughs> True. Now we're stuck. Coming up with how this show ends with only basically the spark notes. Right. They're like, they're in a no-win situation. No, and I think that's why they would just want to wrap this it is just and me, just get it done. Yeah, this is me playing more devil's advocate. They're, D&D are kind of in like a no-win situation whatsoever. They can't release a, an ending that will at the same time satisfy the book only. Right. Or like book and show people and the show only people. Right. They're going to have such a tough time doing that. Right. I don't envy them at and, all. And I think to an extent they're playing with house money at this point where they're like, wow, this has been wildly successful. Let's get out while the getting's good. And maybe if we fumble the end a little bit, like so be it. But at least it'll be over with. Let's just get Abbey Road out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. If they, end with, some, like. if they end with something as good as yeah. Abbey Road, they've really succeeded. <laughs> yeah. Then they've released the Let It Be sessions after, <laughs> yeah. which includes like the scene where the Starks actually. Right. Here's the thing. Um, do you think Martin? And I'm asking Josh specifically. Yeah. Do you get a sense for like what he thinks of the show? I'll feel this, this one, Jake. Yeah. Uh, no, just go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> what do I think he? Josh starts talking. He's like, "Well, the the, the point it, uh, Jake, I'll take." It. What do I think that he thinks? Yeah. Have you read anything about like what Martin thinks about how the show is going? Didn't he say he doesn't watch it anymore? I think. Yeah, I kind of think. I mean, if you're him, you kind of can't watch it anymore, can you? You don't want to taint. This vision you have yeah. that even you can't seem to right, finish, right? With maybe something that come, came from the show, especially after you said what happened in the show isn't what's going to happen in right. the books. 
You can't just go watch the show. True. It's going to bleed into your yeah. creative process. You can't. Didn't he kind of leave them high and dry with this, too? Because didn't oh, he oh. basically <laughs> promise them that Winter oh, yeah. Winter would be out by the time they're near the end? I think they promised... I think he was like, by the time they're into Feast for Crows, Winds of Winter would be out. And we're now past Dance with Dragons is there, by a long way. Is there any information about how much is done of this book? Or of the books? Has he written some of both? Hasn't he released some chapters from yeah, Winds of Winter? he has released chapters. That makes him more frustrated. Yeah. Like, how long ago did Dance with Dragons come out? That's the most recent. 2010 or 11? Right when oh, there's more recent than I thought. 11. Right when the show started, I think. Yeah. Around then. Yeah. They started they started casting for it while Dance was like about to come out. Right, right, that's right. So So they probably figured we got a good head start. Right. And now they're fucked cuz it's just it, they're all they're all on their own. Right. What's the last one called again? The Something of Spring? A Dream of Spring. Is is there any indication whether he's written any of that? No. Huh. I don't think that's ever coming. Yeah. Well, I do. He's like an old man yeah, he's who's old. in bad health. Yeah. I don't think that's ever coming. One of the, I've listened to a podcast where they talk about they're like, there's a lot of old guys, there's a lot of fat guys, not a lot of old fat guys. <laughs> like, they're sorry, yeah. it's just the way it is. Sorry if you're listening, George. Yeah. Big fan, but big, big friend of the pod. Big friend of the pod, sure, yeah. sure. George R. R. Martin. It's, that is upset. It kind of it feels irresponsible on his part, although it is like his thing. He gets to write yeah. if he wants or, or not. Right, right. I hope he finishes somehow. I think, I mean, even if he doesn't finish, I think um, a lot of people think his assistant, who is also a professional novelist, will wrap it up. I think he's got a lot of... I mean, I don't, I'm just speculating. It's kind of like uh, Tolkien's family, like, continuing on some of, like, the notes he yeah. had and turning those into to Middle-earth stories. Even then, even then, it won't be the same. Right. Quick question for you. Have either of you ever read Robert Jordan at all? No. The, no. He's a guy who was, I guess, a big influence, along with Tolkien, on Martin. I guess he's, like, a titan of... I hope I'm getting his name right. I think it's Robert Jordan. He's like kind of a titan of like high fantasy writing. No, yeah. I haven't, I haven't even heard of him. No. I'm going to give it a quick Google to make sure I didn't fuck it up. We Interesting. can wrap up if you want. Yeah, uh, so that was Thrones Thoughts special edition episode. Thank you for listening to those who did. Uh, I, I guess we'll be back, you know, what, 2019 when this comes back? Late yeah, 2018? It's going to be a while. I can't wait to come back. We might be dead In by then. the middle of December next year. It is Robert yeah. Jordan, by the way. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, who knows when we'll actually get yeah. this season. I guess it's going to be like the end of next year, which is kind of annoying. Yeah, crazy. Well, all well, right. Thanks, Josh. Th- okay. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Always a pleasure to be on. Thank and you. And talk to Game of Thrones. Yeah, good to have you. you. Twice. Big friend of the pod. Big, big friend of the pod. All Shots. right. See you guys. Thanks, everybody. So we're on the mic, <coughs> and we can do, we can count down into this okay. mini episode. <coughs> okay. We can do that. We should, we should, yeah, we'll treat this like a normal yeah. episode. Should we, should we talk a little music? A little music podcast? talk. Okay. Um, we have a guest. Why don't we have you go Mount Rushmore of favorite albums of the year so far? Fa- that's, favorite that's album that's a of good the year one. so far for yeah. me? Oh, God. I have to, I'd have to look. Uh... uh or, or, you know, I'll prepared think, statement. Yeah, he pulls out a scroll. This is, this is very fortuitous. I actually looked, looked, I started one today. This is a very weak, not at all <coughs> final list. Okay. It's all I, right. We're not there to judge. I have a deeper understanding, number one, right now. Yes. Ooh. Okay. I have Damn by Kendrick Lamar. Okay. Second. Nice. You're not as as you think. Nice. Mm. And I have uh, GN by Rat Boys. Wow. So, Damn, big shot. It's number Rat four. Boys. So what have what what's your thoughts on like uh, Fleet Foxes or like Big Thief or Alex G? Because those are some of the ones that I think are up in our top ten at least. Yep. Um, Alex G is definitely in my top ten. Okay. I haven't listened to Big Thief. Okay. And Fleet Foxes, I need to listen to more. Yeah. I've listened to it like three times. Okay. And I haven't gone back. To it's it. one that really it grows. Like a it's lot a grower big time. Big Thief, dude, I think you'd really dig. I think so, I think too. with time, you'd end up really loving yeah. it. You, got, you guys have given me pup, so mm-hmm. that's the biggest gift the podcast good. has ever given me. That's and I good. think by extension, didn't Cam give us pup? 
Didn't you no, tell us about them? No, I don't think so. I think that was like an Ian Cohen Twitter thing. Was it? Because I, I remember Cam, like one of the first times he was on the podcast talking to us about like how hard, oh, like, how oh, hard they ripped. Yeah, you're right. He was talking about them. He was talking about um, uh, Sheermag, who I yeah. almost called Told Slant. That's a different, <laughs> very different band. Uh, Have you listened to Told Slant, Josh? They're, no. They're nothing, That's one that no. fell by the wayside. I actually really like that it's, album. What's the last time you listened? To that album? Yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. But I There's really, so many so of those. Like if I go back and look at like my 2016 list, where I'm like, oh yeah, that's like a good album. Yeah. That, well, I don't have the time. Exa- yeah, exactly. That's me every exactly. time uh, White Reaper comes up on my top. That's a my good, top track perfect example. Like, I forget how yeah. good this album is. We should add that to our end of the year uh, awards list. Is like album that you know is good, but you're never gonna go back to. We talked about this. no, no, no. That one's gonna be different. It's album you know is good, but you never wanted to listen to. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's different. There's it's different because you might have listened to this one throughout the year. But you just know you're never going to go back. White Reaper is a great example of that. Um, I feel like... I go back to the hits. When I throw on my best yeah, of yeah. playlist. I feel I, like other ones... I need ones... to be the moderate voice here. The award for album I listened to once and will never go back to is Pure Comedy. Pure Comedy ooh, by... Ooh, ooh, we, by oh, Father sorry. Josh's, Josh's mic just got cut. <laughs> sorry. No, I think that came in loud and clear. I'm the, uh... I specifically moved you closer to the mic. To get <laughs> you know what? That's actually, not to get shouted down. Here. This is probably a good tempering voice on pure comedy although I don't feel bad about anything I've said about it no I don't either it's honestly probably still my album of the year maybe yeah. deeper understanding is making a run but like it's probably still pure comedy deeper- unless I have like four months of sustained love of a deeper understanding like I did for pure comedy can it really beat it? I don't know. Like, I, it has a lot to live up to. Yeah. I don't want to spoil all your deeper understanding talk. Yeah. This, we'll, is, we're, this, yeah, is, we'll, this isn't the main part. We'll, we'll get into that. This is we'll the joke music that. before <coughs> the Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, right. So you got a 3 2 one us in. <laughs> I, I will. <laughs> I forgot. I, I, that's how we were running this. I, I, uh, <laughs> I have a thought, although the album that I, I like and have listened to a decent amount, but I know we'll never go back to Charlie Bliss, Guppy. Oh, yeah. Perfect example. See, it is. It's good. But am I really going to be revisiting this in 2018, being like, got to get a Charlie Bliss listen in? That fits more in the category for me of listen to a few times and never really went back. Mm. Didn't care that much. I thought actually, it was pretty good. That's me with Girlpool. I put Julie. Uh, Girlpool, I, I, I think we're, nice flip, we're flipped on that. Yeah, we're flipped. I put Julie Byrne in my four spot. Uh, I, I want to go back. I don't. I haven't gone back in a while. She has slipped a little well, in my, my ranking. Like, that's we really kind good. of judge those in an unfair came out way. Fucking January. Yeah, we kind of do that in an unfair yeah. way because it's January right. when that came out, and we were into it for a while. I can't expect we're we're having this expectation that like. By December, we'll be like, yeah, the national. I didn't stop listening to. It's like, yeah. well, it came out in fucking right, September. Right, it's perfectly positioned. Yeah. These seriously, these albums that come out September, it's the Rostam are, are, are the we're trying to be album of the year. It's the Oscar to, bait that comes out November, December, even <laughs> October now. Yeah, exactly. But Pine Grove came out in like what early March. February, true, last year? true. And you know what? To that point as well, um, I still listen to that album. All the I time do too. too. And Japan Droids has made. A, a big run for me. I like it more now than I ever have the rest of the year. So I don't know. It depends. It depends. I, I'm excited to do our our awards at the end of the year. Yeah, we got to start brainstorming some of those and like come up with creative ones and like be thinking about it. I'll just yell at you guys <coughs> on Twitter about Get, what, yeah good good side awards. Yeah, know. if you have side ideas, pieces. send them to us. Are you guys gonna have like a a, a Razzie's like worst album of the year? Oh, we'll. Like, uh, we most should, disappointing album? Yes. We, I think most we did that last year. Most disappointing makes sense. Um, we'll do some ones like that. Yeah. For sure. For sure. All right. You want me to count this in? Are we ready to talk Thrones? Yeah, let's do it. I'm yeah. ready. Thrones thoughts. Thrones <coughs> Thrones. Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Three, two, one. <laughs> 